Well, welcome. Happy Monday, everybody. I am happy to be back with you all. Um, I hope that you have had a blessed week. I hope that the Lord has just really reached you and touched you in many different ways. So today's episode is titled Word Over Wonder and Wander. Now, with this title, what comes to mind is honestly the first time that I experienced God and experienced him in a real tangible way. This was um, I'm going to tell you about the experience. And this was when I was a sophomore in college. It was during a period and a time where I was very um numbed I can say that's the word that I can use is that I was very numbed I was numb to people I was numb to emotions I had numbed myself to honestly everything so I I was at a state of mind to where God couldn't even really truly use me I think that's the best way to put it he couldn't use me because I kind of had shut everybody including him off from myself and it was really a time where I was just trying to wonder I was wondering and I was wandering like trying to figure out exactly who God is. He couldn't use me at all, honestly. And it was crazy because in that moment, I think that was the biggest storm I had ever experienced in my life as well. So to give you a little background information of where I was, it was probably around August to November. That's That was the time frame. And during that time, one, I had realized that I wasn't going to be able to get my scholarships back to go and continue with school. I was also in the process of joining my sorority. So that was a lot in itself. Or even I was not in the process of joining my sorority, but I was doing works towards, you know, gaining that membership and gaining more connections and networking. That was a lot on me. I had two jobs at that point. I was working for um, the student support services as well as doing hair on the side because that's what I always do. And then not only was that going on, everything in my house, in my home, back at home, was turning upside down. Like, the year before, in 2016, my family had just got blessed with a windfall that was very unexpected, but I knew it was from God. And I thought, what this windfall was is, I don't mind, I talk about this to everybody all the time anyways, but um, before I went off to college in 2016, like, me and my family, we didn't have anywhere to live. We didn't have no, well, we didn't have a home for like the past three years. We were living off of someone else, and we were just in a very, very rough state. So high school was very tough for me. But literally the day before I um, was, I was assigned to go off to college. My mom won a million dollars, and that literally was a miracle from God, especially from like how I was up, like how I was brought up and how life had been for me and everything throughout my whole life. Like that was 100% indubitably a blessing, a miracle from God. And honestly, just, I never, because we had money and emphasis on in the world about money, it's always so strong. And so as if money can, can get, get, do away with all problems. But as the following year came up in 2017 my sophomore year all that money was gone just as fast as it was like it had got to us it left and it left me in a space like it left me in a mindset to where I was looking at God's miracles like 
was that even a miracle? Like, that's the kind of doubt I was starting to have towards God because the money was gone. My brother was in a, in high school. He was getting in trouble. And, like, I'm talking about persecution with us that is top tier at that point. My mom was taking all of my money. Like, it was just frustrating me because, like, we just had everything, you know, handed to us like we did have everything handed to us and just as fast that it got that it got handed to us it got wiped away and just watching me be blessed and then the blessing go or what I thought the blessing was watching it leave and then seeing them how much effects it had on like me and my family and how we were right back in the same poor and um poverty mindset that we were in before the money it was just it gave me one a new outlook on money and then two it just gave me a different outlook on like who I who God was to me because I was always taught that God is a miracle worker and and God on like in my head he only did the big and miraculous things like I could never see the blessing or the miracles in small things like such as a person being able to love all people like that's a miracle but I could never see it like that and when I lost what I thought the blessing was it really made me doubt God in a significant way however God is so strategic in how he places his his desires for us onto us and how he places desires in our heart to go to, to desire him as well. Because in the midst of that storm, that is when I got closer to God than I had ever been in my life. And it took me 100% doubting him. Like I, I was in a class. I was in my first philosophy class. I don't know if any of you all have taken a philosophy class. I highly recommend it because it definitely gives you a new grand scheme outlook on the things of life that aren't just so basic and superficial, it really gets to the metaphysical things of, of the world and, and stretches out like your thought process of what the world is. As time went on in the classroom, I got more and more um, um, wisdom about the things of this world, about the philosophers of this world, about how people um, really establish the foundations and the essence and the virtues of the world. And, after learning all those things, it did make me doubt God even more. It's just like, well, I can't even trust. Like, I don't even know where a candle. Like, one example that was really good to me is that um, he would describe, does anyone know where a candle goes when it melts? Like, there has not been any scientific study behind, like, what exactly happens when a wax burns and evaporates. And he kind of coincided that with a lot of, like, with reality in non-reality and trying to get an understanding of what the differences like the differences are and in regards to religion that's a big thing like what is real and what is not which religion is real and which religion is not and that was the mindset that I was in that was the mindset that I was at at that point because I was getting really frustrated because I'm getting all this new earthly wisdom right about how everything is is more than meets the eye and everything is actually is only what the eye perceives and just getting this revelation of perception and, and how perception kind of changes the mind state of how we understand things in fullness holistically. And then when we finally got to the end of the course, he finally got to what I really was wanting to know, which is, is God real or is he not? I was wondering that, like I searched and I'm talking about, I was researching all kind of, um, 
religions and everything. I was like in class, I was one of the most attentive people because I really had that dying like at that point because of the storm I was in, the loss of the blessing, right? And the lack in faith of the miracles that God performs on a daily basis. I started doubting like the true essence of who God was. Like I really wanted to know like is he real? Is this Jesus person real? Are these, am I, am I, have I been in the midst of a lie my whole life? Ha, is religion a lie itself? And I want to tell you guys that yes, yes, religion is 100% man-made. It is man-made. But what I learned in that philosophy class is that God isn't man-made. God is self-made. I learned that God is the creator of all. And the way he helped me kind of get to this revelation is basically just one, give me an understanding of one who Satan and the devil is. He kind of described the devil as an evil genius. And it made a lot of sense because he said, if God is supposed to be all knowing, all powerful and all good, right? If there is a God, then there has to be an opposing figure to it, right? It has to be something in opposition to it. It has to be. And the way he described that is, that's Satan, the evil genius. If God created everything to be divine, perfect, good, right? Because he's already all-knowing, all-powerful, and all-good. He's already the essence of what a perfect world would be, right? And he's the creator of it. Then why isn't the world perfect? And what the, the conclusion I got from just that chorus and him explaining it to me is that it's because there's an evil, evil genius out here. There's an evil genius. He knows just every, he doesn't know everything that God knows, but he knows enough to come off as an evil genius. And if you were an evil genius, right? If you were an evil genius and you knew there was a God out here who wanted everything perfect and wanted everything good and he had all power. He, he had all the power of the world, right? Wouldn't you try to do everything to stop him being an evil genius? That's exactly what an evil genius is, right? So that got me thinking, like, severely, like, wow. It, it kind of opened my mind up to a, a new, a new, I never considered Satan a day in my life. I never thought about him. But I did have a heart to wonder, like, why are people bad? Like, if God is all good, all knowing, and powerful, why are there bad people? Why did Hitler ever come? Why did, you know, why do things happen bad? Why do tornadoes happen? And, and, it, and it made sense is because there's an evil genius out here using people and using people for his advantage to destroy everything that the creator has done. And where do we place ourselves at in that? I know for me, that is what led to like my wondering and, and my wonder is, is not being able to, to truly know if God is real. And if I didn't know God was real, I was, I wouldn't dare, you know, think about if there was a devil, I was like, what? No, like <laughs> how, you know, because my doubt in God, of course I was going to doubt the devil. If I'm, I've had a slightest bit of doubt in God, of course, I completely did away with the existence of Satan, but that was just a, a, a misunderstanding that I had. And the way he helped me kind of cope with with the understanding of religion, because I'm thinking like, okay, if there's an evil genius and God created all things, right? Then he created religions. So what makes you think that evil genius never tried to come into religion? 
<laughs> and he did. It was that I had I had to come to the realization that he did. That like he did exactly that. He he tainted the view of what what God has sent time after time through many from from the beginnings. God has tried to prove himself good, prove his work to be good, which is his work as us, his creations to be good. And the devil constantly combated it with tainting and changing people's mindset about the true essence of who God was. So how I even came to um, the conclusion of of believing God and believing in, in God and never wondering if there's anything more, or anything less, or if I'm going to die and go to heaven or if I'm going to just die and go into oblivion, I had to to experience God myself. Like it didn't matter how my philosophy teacher told me the best thing we, we as people, he quoted, I, and I quote this, he said, the best thing we as people can do is to find a religion that best aligns with our morals, that best aligns with what we believe in, that is um that is completely for us and stick with it. Because we as humans needs an authoritative figure. We need something higher, bigger than us, so that we won't lose faith and in, in hope in our own existence. So I, I heard that. I heard that very clearly. I heard that very clearly. And I knew, okay, well, of course I'm going to pick Christianity. Like, that's what I've been doing my whole life. And I don't, I, it aligns with everything that I believe in. My morality, it aligns with um, my, my, my wit. It aligns with my drive, my ambitions. It aligns with what I want, what I desire out of this life. So I did. That, that was me choosing a religion. But God had to show me that it's more than just picking a religion. It's having faith and having an understanding that I don't have relationship with the church. I don't have relationship with religion. I don't have relationship with quote-unquote Christians. What I do have a relationship with is God, with him. And, and because he came down in the form of man as Jesus, I now have a relationship with a man who tangibly walked this earth, you know? He, he walked this earth. He physically bore all the informities and the sins that I, I, I commit, you know, on a daily basis without even knowing, you know. He bore all of that so that I can continue to walk in the freedom, the, the liberation of Jesus, you know. And I really didn't, I really still wasn't believing that God, like I believe, okay, I believe, believed in religion, you know. Believing in religion, you already know that it, it it's tainted. Like going back to what I said before, like I already know I've seen how the evil genius got a got got a hold to religion, and I was just having hope in, well, this thing is gonna work for me. This religious thing, it, it's gonna work for me. I'm gonna give it a shot, and I did give it a shot. I started going to Bible study more. I started going to church more when I came back home with my family, and in this Bible study that I used to go to, if it's called Collegian Black Christians, and we had this one night that was very different from all the other nights I had ever experienced at those Bible studies. This time, this this specific Bible study, we had been assigned to do a quiet prayer, and I don't know if you would know what a quiet slash listening prayer is, but it's actually where you, you go in a quiet place, a, a place of solitude, and you sit there and you read the scripture. We all are reading the same scriptures. We're just in different places. And we're more so alone to actually hear and listen from God. And in the listening prayer, 
I was given the scripture. I sat down in the empty room alone by myself. I um, I read the scripture. I read it three times, actually. I put on some worship music, and I just laid there, and I just started to cry because I was fed up. Like, I needed to know. Like, I desired. I had longed to know. God, are you real? And if you are real, please speak to me. Like, please let me know that you're real. Like, please let me know 100%. Just, just tell me. And he did. He did. He actually did in a very um, inspirational and miraculous way. And how he did that was basically by I was laying there and I was laying in a room and I was just sitting there looking at the light crying. And I was just like, why am I looking at these lights? Like, why am I looking at this light? Like, what, what is the significance of this light? And then I heard a noise that was very familiar and what the noise was was like the crackling of a of a, of a kind of a window like that's what it sounded like the crackling of plastic and in that it made me instantly remind my it reminded me of how in my dorm the light above my desk always crackles it always crackles and when i was just sitting there looking up at the light i really just i couldn't I was like, God, I know you are trying to speak to me. I know you're trying to say something to me, but I, I just need you to just give me a, you, you know when you get to those bottom of the pit, the barrel moments where you're just kind of just shouting out with your heart and your being like that for an answer from God. And that's what, that's where I was at. Like after all the things I was going through with my family, what I was going through with, with my academics, what I was just, the storm that I was in, I needed an answer. I needed it to make sense. Like I, God, I sit here and I said that I believe in, in Christianity now. Like I've been walking the faith, like I've been walking the faith walk or I need to know if you're real. I need to know if you're here. And as soon as I heard the crackling sound, it instantly popped in my head and God said, here I am. It's the light, the light. I am light. And that's what the scripture was about. Like it was about how he put this light inside of all of us. And that light came from him. And that light is what makes us in his likeness and his image. And that light is what Jesus Christ walked on this earth and had on this earth. That light is what Adam and Eve had initially before, before it depleted from them. And it's just, I, I, I heard him. Like I heard him loud and clear. He said, Stop having a tunnel vision. Stop thinking that you are surrounded by this darkness. Stop thinking that you are under the submission of this evil genius and the darkness that he produced. And walk in my light. Walk in the light of me. Walk in the fullness of me, understanding that I am here. So I was like, wow, God, this is your voice. This is you. This is you. I hear you. I, I, I hear you. And I, I, after wiping my eyes and saying, wow, like just having a miraculous experience, guess who came back? S the evil genius, Satan. He came right back. And I went straight back to, to, to being dutable. I went straight back to being in, in an essence of doubt. And like, I ain't really hear nothing. Like, this all cap. Like, <laughs> I didn't hear anything. Like, I'm talking about right when I got up, I stood up and doubt immediately came back to me. But God is so faithful. He is so faithful. Guess what he did to me? He, I didn't touch it. I didn't move. 
literally the whole time the light was on, I just gave the testimony how he gave me the revelation of how the light is in me. And to make sure that the doubt was gone from me, he literally flicked the light off and right back on. And at that point, I started to shout to the Lord and I declared and I, I, I told myself I would never doubt him again because he gave me the answer. When my heart was desiring, he gave me the answer. And even when I went back into what's comfortable for me, the, the state of being in doubt, even when I went back to comfortability, he still came through and, and reassured himself to me. And that was enough for me to, to take that. And be here today, right? And be here right now and sharing and sharing this moment with you and sharing that testimony with you and sharing um, how we are all called as light to this world. And the scripture that I want to provide to you all today are a couple verses that hit on the essence of what it means to be the light of the world, to walk as the light of the world and not be um, under the confusion of darkness, under in the wonders of darkness, in the wandering of darkness. The first scripture is Matthew 4, 16. It says, the people who live in darkness have seen a great light. And for those living in the shadow land of death, light has dawned. And that is very, very simultaneous to like the mindset I was on under that God delivered me from in that moment of speaking to me and, and giving me his voice. And my answer is that I don't. I seen the light, like I was in the light. I knew what the light was. I could see it clearly. And, it, it, and the light is goodness. It's just being a good, just being good and pure. And I knew what it was, but I was so clouded by the darkness of this world that it kind of created a tunnel vision to where I felt like I had to constantly keep chasing after that good, keep chasing after that light. And so he told me, take that darkness off. Take that covering off. You're not in that no more. And the reason why you're not in there in that anymore is because there has been a light that comes on came into the world. And the next scripture I want to say is John 3:19 it says this then is the judgment. The light has come into the world and the people love darkness rather than the light because of their deeds were evil. And that's why I had you know that covering over myself is because I felt that well I know that I want to achieve and, and go towards being good and having goodness. But I was walking into, I was walking in a dark, numb essence of evil. And I felt that my deeds were evil and that I was going to constantly be chasing this desire to be good instead of accepting the fact that I am good, that I am made perfect. And I am, there has been a light that's come to this world. And all I have to do is accept that light into my heart, accept that light into, believe that I am joint heir with that light, which is Jesus Christ. He's already came. So it was just a matter of letting that light, letting my darkness and the darkness that was on me submit to the light to the point where I was no longer, I've never, I no longer see myself in the darkness. I see myself only in light. You know, I see myself as light, as 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 a lamp of this world. And the next scripture I want to say is Matthew five fifteen. Is no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. And that's that's the mindset, you know that we, you want to walk in, that we want to, to walk in, and, and we want to be illuminated by is the fact that we are lights and that we are going to be placed up into high places and that we don't have to wonder about everything because we are the one ones who will be revealing everything. Light submits to darkness no matter what. 
anytime you turn a light on, it's going to always, the darkness that was once there, it's going to dissipate. It's going to go away. It's not going to it's not going to be present anymore because it has to submit to light. Like it has to. It has no other that's exactly how it works. The same way the sky turns bright every morning when the sun, when the light of the sun comes onto the earth and it's no longer dark. And the light is still lit outside because of the stars and the moon because it has to it can't stay dark. It's impossible to stay dark in the midst of light. And I just want to come here today to encourage you to know that you don't have to wonder about anything or or try to figure out if there's more to this earth or feel alienated by any manner because you know you're not supposed to be in the darkness, right? And you know you're a light in the darkness and you can feel people trying to dim your light and, and cause a light affliction, an affliction to your light. You don't have to do that. You don't have to be under the subjection of the evil genius because you were created to be good. You were created by God who is all knowing, all powerful and all good. And in that, and he sent, he's so good and so powerful and so knowing that he sent someone down here to secure that light in you, which is Jesus Christ. He sent Jesus to do that for you and I. And I just want to tell you right now that, you know, <laughs> we are the light of this world. And if your your ears are inclined to hear that, then you you are the light as well. And I encourage you to take that tunnel off of you. Take that dark covering off, to you, off of you and realize that you are surrounded by lightness. You are a light. So everything around you is lit up. And yeah, I just want to go into prayer right now. And thank you guys for listening. Um, I hope that you tune in again to my next podcast and that you really enjoyed this. So, Father God, we just thank you right now for creating us as lights of this world, Father God, creating us as strong beings, Father God, those creating us as as lamps, Father God, that to, that are to be set up on, on high levels, Father God, to light up this world, to show this world the goodness of you, Father God, to show this world the mercy that you you exuberated through, through, through the gift of Christ, Father God, to us. We thank you right now for the Holy Spirit, which, which keeps our lights lit, Father God, for we know that each day our 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 outward man is perishing but the but the light affliction is momentarily compared to the glory that we receive in Jesus name and that that is the only thing that has that that will keep us lit up father it's being in your word father God choosing your word choosing to understand what your word meant when it called us these things father God when it called us joint heirs to Christ and us walking in the perfection that we we get from the grace of Christ, Father God, from the grace of believing in Christ, Father God. We thank you right now for letting us be believers and not just Christians, Father God. For Christians is only mentioned two times in the Bible, but we are believers of the word, Father God. We are carriers of the word, and that word is what keeps us lit, Father God. We thank you right now for just for giving it to us in abundance, Father God, in overflow right now, Father God, and that we won't have to shy away in any, in any circumstances.